it's good to see you here this morning. I know we've got a few that can't be here, but uh, they've got other things that's, that's going on in their life right now. We've got a number of them that are sick. I've had several phone calls and asked for prayer. And uh, so y'all just keep everybody in prayer that uh, God will just touch them and restore their bodies. And uh, this morning, what I would like to do, and we don't talk about it enough, but I'd just like to bring you a message this morning. It's, it's simply called Grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, we can grieve the Spirit a lot of times without recognizing that we're grieving the Spirit. And uh, it's really important for Christians to get a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, sometimes I've heard the Holy Spirit referred to as an it, a thing, rather than a hit. The Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of God Himself. That is who's living on the inside of you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it says that you're just automatically at that moment filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's Spirit living on the inside of you. He has come to comfort you, to guide you, to instruct you. You know, even Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would bring all things to your remembrance of what Jesus had said. You know, you get in spots sometimes and you're thinking about a scripture or looking for a scripture, and a lot of times that Holy Spirit out of nowhere will just quicken it to you. Now, when I say quicken, do you all know what quicken means? It means to make alive. The Holy Spirit makes alive the Word of God on the inside of you. I've had experiences where be talking to somebody and all of a sudden it was just like, okay, what am I going to tell them? And all of a sudden, before I even realized it, stuff just started coming out of my mouth. And that person would look at me and say, how did you know that? And I said, because of the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you. And He wants to live on the inside of you. And I'll get a chance to talk and witness to a person about the Holy Spirit, which is the very being of God Himself that wants to live on the inside of you. And, you know, <coughs> excuse me. But according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit, like I said, is not only God, but this but your Holy Spirit, He has a will, a personality. And he can become offended by what we say and do. We don't realize it. But we can offend the Holy Spirit by what comes out of our mouth. By what we say, how we act, and the things that we do. You know, whether we realize it or not, there are a number of sins that we as believers can commit against the Holy Spirit. And you know, God is talking to the believer. The person out in the world does not have the Holy Spirit, only the believer. So what we're talking about today is us. And we can offend the Holy Spirit before we even realize we've done it. So we are talking about believers. We're talking about the Christian that has accepted Jesus Christ by some of the things that come out of our mouth. 
And there's some of the things that we do, and we can offend the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to look at at one of the most common sins that every one of us make. Every one of us. I'm, I'm, I'm me too. You know, I am not perfect. I'm not perfect. See that my wife agrees. I am not perfect. I wish I was, but I'm not. And as long as I'm in this human flesh, I'm always going to have something coming against me. I'm going to have the world coming against me. I'm going to have the devil constantly coming against me. You know, being a pastor is probably one of the hardest things because there's always something that has come against you. Something that somebody does not agree with, and most of the time they don't even know the full facts. And then when they finally learn it, I've had them come, Bill, I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what I did. I did not know. And that is one thing that I try to do is before I open my mouth and say something, I, I have to stop and think before I open my mouth. Because used to, you know, what was going to come out? But now, I, I sit there like that, count to ten before you say something. And uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but I also don't want to take advantage and offend the church. And uh, But anyway, one of the most common things about grieving the Holy Spirit and we're going to look at that. And do we know what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to grieve? How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? What does grieve mean? Grieve means to cause someone to be sad, to cause sorrow in their life, or to even hurt them. And we can do that to God. We can hurt God. We are God's creation. God loves us so much and when we do things and it's not right, it hurts God. So we need to be real careful about what we say and what we do because we can offend the Holy Spirit very, very easily. And one of the scriptures, or I've, really, I've got just several scriptures here I'm going to look at, but here in Ephesians 4.29 is the prime example of what Christians Believers do to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so, like I said, we don't think about it. It just, a lot of times, it just comes out automatically. We do it without thinking. But I'm going to read this to you Ephesians 4 29 through 32. And listen to what he said. The Apostle Paul says, Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. What's he mean? You know, he said, let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. But that which is good for the use of for edifying. What does edifying mean? That means to lift up, to encourage those that hear what you say. And it uh, says that it may minister grace unto those that hear. When we're talking, we need to administer God's grace that he has so liberally given us 
We need to give that to others when we speak. Let no foul words, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think I, probably the one thing that really hits me harder than anything is when somebody uses God's name in vain. That just goes through me. And I really have to catch myself. But I mean, I want to say something so bad. And I said, well, you know, Holy Spirit, you take care of it. You convict them. I didn't say condemn. I said you convict them of what they just did and what they just said. And uh, here in verse 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you to the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption? That's the day we stand before God in judgment. And the Christian is redeemed, is saved, and the Holy Spirit is still in him, and he's keeping him that way. He's keeping him saved. And uh, here in 31, now this here is something that we really have to look at. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, along with all malice. Get rid of malice. We're going to look at these things in just a minute. It says, and here in Ephesians 4.27, it says, Do not give place or opportunity to the devil. Sometimes by the things we say, the things we do, we are opening up the door for the devil to come in. And he's going to come in every opportunity that we give him. We have to watch what we say. A lot of things, some of the things we say, some of the things we do, you're opening the door and saying, hey, devil, come on in. And he will. <coughs> so, do not, so we don't want to give excess to the devil to enter into our life. Whatever he does, he will bring all these things, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. He's going to bring that into your life. He wants to do things, if he possibly can, to hurt God to make God sorrowful. See, the only way he can hurt God is through us. We are God's creation and God loves us. There's not anything that Satan can do, but he uses us to hurt God because we're God's creation. And God loves us so much that when we are not being faithful, I say, and uh, not being obedient to God, we hurt God. Because God knows one day there's going to come a judgment as much as he loves us and what he's going to have to do. It's, it's, it's very sorrowful to him. But he knows that if we are not sincere with him and believe in him and worship him like he wants us to, there's going to have to be consequences. And we are responsible for the consequences that happen to us. We're responsible. And so we don't want to open up the door for Satan to enter in, to fill our lives with this kind of junk, because he will do it. And I say junk because that's what it is. 
That's what it is. It says here in verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So, what makes the Holy Spirit sorrowful? What makes him sad? What hurts the Holy Spirit? Foul and abusive language that comes out of our mouths. Here in verse 29 it says, Don't use foul or abusive language, or in other words, what he actually said is, Let no corrupt words or communication come out of your mouth. Because that hurts us. When we use corrupt words, you know, that is not Christian-like, is it? I say, oh, I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. That don't sound like Christian to me. People are looking at you whether you realize it or not. If they know that you're a Christian, they are watching you to see how you react to circumstances that come into your life. Are you really a Christian? We have to be careful. We just pray to God, God, let this day, let me be totally faithful to you and your word and do, Lord, what is in my spirit to serve you. <clears throat> and it says, let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. Well, okay, let's look at those corrupt words. What is corrupt words? Obscene language. Profanity. Dirty stories or jokes, vulgar expressions, or using God's name in vain. God says, do not use his name in vain. We are not to talk like this in private or out in public. It's not so much, I mean, because God hears what you say and he knows what you think. So just thinking these things, God knows it. God knows all things. And other things that grieve the Spirit are, look at verse 30, bitterness. Bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit and it makes him sorrowful. What is bitterness? Bitterness is to have a a bitter and resentful spirit and refuse to forgive. You know, there's people out there that flat refuse to forgive. I'm not going to forgive. After all they've done to me, they think I'm going to forgive them, and you're doing nothing but hurting yourself. You're doing nothing but hurting yourself by by keeping all that on the inside of you. It's so much easier to forgive and to forgive. To forgive somebody sometimes for some of the things, it's not easy. It's not easy. But what does God say? In order for him to forgive us, we have to forgive others. It's a a two-way street. For God to forgive us, then he wants us and says we have to forgive others. You know, and you think back at your life and some of the things that you've said, some of the things that you've done, If you was God, could you forgive you? 
I look back sometimes and I say, God, you have to be one of the most merciful and forgiving gods there ever was. To forgive me for some of the things that I've done, things I've said. God, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. It had to be mercy and it had to be grace. And you know, we have to do the same thing. We have to show mercy and we have to show grace. And sometimes it's hard to do. It's hard to do. But God requires that. God says, I did it. You do it. So bitterness is, it's, 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 some people just, you know, in bitterness, just, just think, some people, and you probably know some, they just like to be mad about something. Seriously. They just like to be mad about something. And they like, because they like the conflict, they like the arguing, and they like the strife. If they're not causing a problem, they're not happy. And you probably all run into people like that and know people like that. Now, God can change them in a moment if they'll just let him. But some people like it. That's the way they live. That's their life. It's been like that for as long as they can know. We have to have a heart like God's. A heart with mercy and compassion and love. And, uh, you know, as with all sin, this bitterness is only going to get worse if we leave it uncorrected. The longer you're bitter, the harder it is to get rid of it. It's just something that is there. And the longer you have it, the longer you, you use it, the harder it is. You know, it has to be repented of. We have to get rid of bitterness in our life. To me, bitterness, I don't know why people would want it. But some people, they just that's just the way they are. I've known people that if they couldn't argue, if they couldn't cause problems, if they couldn't do something to try to upset somebody, they wasn't happy. This was the way they lived. This is what they lived for. You know, the sad thing is that bitter people rarely want to keep a problem to themselves. Instead, they want to spread it all around. They want everybody to know what's going on in their life and why they're bitter. They can't keep it to themselves. They want to keep something stirred up. You know, in, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible speaks of a root of bitterness. A root of bitterness. Something that just, it's rooted on the inside of you. It's there, and it grows. You know, without that root, a tree will not grow. And the same thing with us. Unless that bitterness has a root, if it has that root, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And here in Hebrews, <coughs> excuse me, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 15, it says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Let not any root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, and thereby many are being defiled. Bitterness will defile you. Because it's, uh, it's very unpleasing to God. 
And I'm gonna, I'm, I, I wrote a, I went to another scripture too. It makes it just a little bit clearer. This is Hebrews 12 out of God's Word. It says, make sure that everybody has God's kindness from you so that bitterness does not take root and grow to cause trouble that will corrupt others. A lot of times, bitterness from somebody else coming to you will cause problems for that person's life. They get angry. They get mad. Then what do they do? They, they start talking to other people, and then it just keeps spreading, spreading, and spreading. That root of bitterness just keeps growing and growing and growing. It says, get rid of it. How do you get rid of it? How do you get rid of it? The main way, forgiveness. Forgive that person. And then pray to God, God, touch me. Take this away from my mind. Let it not come up in me. Let me forget it. Let me forgive. God, that's what I want. And you know, God can do it. And probably most of the time, God's the only one that can do it. How many of you have tried to forgive somebody and you just couldn't do it? You're still, you're still holding it. It's time to get rid of it. And God can do it. I know I had that problem one time at one place. And finally, after reading on unforgiveness and this and that, doing a study on it, I just went to God. I said, God, you see what's going on. You see what my heart's going through. Lord, you know that I'm, I'm not satisfied with what's, what's going on in my life. I want you to give me that ability to just forgive and forget. And it wasn't no time. It wasn't there anymore. I could see that person. It didn't bother me a bit. I could even speak to them, talk to them. I didn't have to associate and go out and do things with them. But I forgave them. And that was, it was just like a peace that just comes over you. And it is so soothing, so satisfying. Because God has taken away something that was troubling you for many years. And most of the time, you can go to somebody and they'll say, well, why, why are you mad at them? Well, I don't know, but there must be a reason. You've even forgot it, but yet you still can't forgive. We, sometimes we just have to just go to God and ask God, God, take this away. Take it away. I don't want it. And other things that grieve the Spirit, in verse 31, it says, fists of rage and uncontrolled anger. You know anybody like that? This will make the Holy Spirit very sorry. It will grieve the Spirit. Rage, rage is what we read up here. Rage is clamor. Just on and on and on. Violent speech, you think, that's uncontrolled. You know, there's people out there who is easily enraged and angered. They raise their voice shouting and screaming without any self-control whatsoever. I don't know if you know anybody like that or not. But it's there. So far, I've been very fortunate I hadn't had to deal with that. And maybe some of you have. 
the best way to deal with it is through God. God, you see what's going on? I'm praying for this person right now. I'm praying for this person, Lord, that you'll just touch them. You'll remove that rage from them. And if you can, talk to them. Say, you know, I've been praying. I've been praying. That God will remove that anger, that rage that is built up in you. Just tell that person, I don't know what has caused it. But I'm praying God will take that away from you and give you a peace in your life that passes all understanding. Every one of us need that peace. That peace that passes all understanding. I don't, Lord, you know, when Lord, when, when, when God puts that peace in you that you don't know, you don't understand, but you've got that peace. And the only thing you can do is say, Lord, thank you for your peace. Because you know where it came from. You didn't do it, but God can. He can fill your heart with peace, tranquility, and that's what all of us need, is that peace and tranquility of serving God and letting Him deal with all the problems and the obstacles that come up in your life. Too many of us try to deal with things that really only God can handle. Just turn it over to God. Let Him take care of you. Let him take care of it. And then you got slander. Now we all know what slander is. That's speaking of others behind their back. Whether it's true or whether it's false, we need to be quiet. Let God deal with it. God can take care of it. Gossip, slander, gossip, about the same thing. And there's so much of it that goes on in the church. And that don't make God happy. That's not making God happy at all. That's not, filling, that's not fulfilling the Holy Spirit's love and what he wants to do in your life. Malicious behavior. Is talking about someone in anger and plotting evil against them. You ever get some, some mad at somebody and you want to hurt them? You want things to happen to them? That's what malice is. Your anger. Maybe you want to take vengeance on them. You know, every one of us have been hurt in life. But you know, each one of us also have a choice of how we react or what we do about it. We all have a choice. We all have a choice of how we react to all these things. Many of us come up against us, you know, we can say, well, they did to me, they did this to me, so I'm going to get my vengeance. You know anybody like that? Or how about we just believe what God says? He says, vengeance is mine and I'll take care of it. Can you put your trust in God to take care of what another person is doing? You know, that's not pleasing God either. That's not pleasing God. As I was reading 
I read this little deal, and I think I thought it was really good. It said, uh, you know, I read about a man. He had a sign on his on his dining room wall. Where company came and they visited and they talked and had lunch. Listen to what this sign said. It says, "He who speaks evil of an absent man or woman or somebody that's not here is not welcome at my table." They couldn't even defend themselves. He said, you're not welcome at my table. Slander. Gossip. That does not please God at all. And then here in verse 32, it tells us, instead of speaking evil to others, what does it say we're to do? We are to be kind to each other. We're to be tender-hearted toward each other and forgiving one another. Now that's good advice. Be kind to each other. Have a tender heart for the other and forgive him if they've made a mistake. And you're going to have people that will probably come up to you and say, well, they don't deserve it. You're probably right. They probably don't deserve it. Think about something. Neither did you or neither did I, but God forgave us. We didn't deserve it. That was his grace. Sometimes we have to let our grace come out. And then Paul concluded Ephesians 4.32 by saying something. He said, just as though Christ, this is through Christ has forgiven you, just as Christ has forgiven you. Paul is saying we are to forgive others as Christ forgave us. We're to forgive. Like I said, sometimes it's hard. But through God, it is possible. It is possible to forgive others. To get rid of the malice, to get rid of the hurt, to get rid of it. You know, we have to think about something. Forgiven people, those who have been forgiven, should be a forgiving people. Because you know where you were at one time, and you see where you are now, simply because God said, I forgive you. I love you. You now have my grace, and I have forgiven. And look where you are now. Look where you are now. Otherwise, if we don't forgive, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. We are, this is probably one of the most common sins of grieving the Holy Spirit among Christians. We call ourselves Christians, but yet we do all these things. And we're grieving the Spirit. You know what the Spirit did? You know what the, do you know what the Spirit gives you? He gives you the fruit of the Spirit. Listen what the Holy Spirit put in you. And it should be active. It should be working in us. And we should be doing this. Listen, it's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, of what the Holy Spirit has put in you, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. You know, long-suffering is simply nothing, but He gave you patience gentleness, which is kindness, goodness, 
faith, faith in God. He would put meekness in you. Meekness is he's, he's giving you a humbleness. He's made you humble. And temperance. What is temperance? Temperance is self-control. He has given you self-control. To control some of the things you want to say, and you know you should. That's what the Holy Spirit has put in you because of God's love, of His love for us. He don't want us doing all this other stuff. But then here in the end it says, against these things there is no law. God likes this. And He wants each one of us to have it and to use it. God has given us so much. He's loved us so much. He's blessed us with so much. We need to turn around and bless God with these gifts of the Holy Spirit to have love. Love is the number one gift. When you love somebody and your love is strong, you just want good for them. Joy. Joy is delight. To delight in someone else. <coughs> Peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against these things, God says, there is no law. I have nothing against any of them. It's all good. But he gave it. And he wants us all to receive this and use it. Use it in the church. Use it outside the church. You know, you can probably draw more people into the church through using this fruits of the Spirit than all this other stuff of gossip and slander and everything else. Use the gifts of the Spirit and you will bring others into the grace of God. I'm going to ask the band to come up if they will and uh, maybe some of these things, you know, is something we all need to work on. If you, would, if you need to go to God this morning for anything, a healing, just, Lord, some of the stuff that, that, that Pastor Bill said, Lord, I need that to take place in my life. I need to work on this. God, could you take care of this for me? Then after we get through here, we're, today is the first Sunday of the month, and we will do communion. We will have communion. So, I'm going to ask the band to, to do something. And like I said, if you need to come to the altar this morning or you just want to have a moment with God before we take communion, because there's going to be a time in there where I'm going to tell you, you have to look at yourself. You have to judge yourself. And you're going to have to be critical of how you judge yourself. You're going to have to judge yourself in truth. There's some things in there that need to be changed. You have to ask God to change you. So I will ask the band now for wood to play. And if you need to just come up, just talk to God for a minute, that's great. He's ready for you. You just like to have a prayer for healing or anything, he hears that too. So I'll ask him to play.